Everybody and welcome to the, the untold, untold hour. We did it. I think that's the kind best we've done. <laughs> I was staring at your mouth in this Zoom recording so hard <laughs> so that I could match my words up. And I told you, I I go eyes closed, like yeah. you're carrying a, a martini. Yeah, you go eyes closed, and I go eyes wide open. Yeah, eyes wide shut. That's creepy. Ooh. No, we don't want to have that. Abres los ojos, which is open your eyes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the like, movie that the movie uh, that Vanilla Sky was based on. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I knew it was based on a movie, but I didn't know which one. Yeah, and I, I know. I don't know why I never researched it. God, and if I remember weird. correctly, Penelope Cruz was in both versions, I believe. Ah, makes sense. I think. Yeah, makes sense. She's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hello, Untoldians, and welcome to another episode of the Untold Hour. I think we should just launch right into this with some weird week because Rip I have a open. really long news story, but it's super weird. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'll just do my sound effects. Weird of the week. Ex eBay employees send roaches and spiders to harass a couple. Come is, on. Yeah, this is from WFXR Fox. It was just uploaded to the internet like a few hours before we started the podcast. So today, we're actually doing this a little later today. So today is Monday at the start of the week. Um, it's pretty hardcore. I'm like actually shocked this isn't making more uh, headlines because Holy moly. it's pretty aggressive what, what this article is accusing these folks of or... I guess the acu- the FBI is accusing these folks. Sure. But uh but to have this story buried so deep in like some random local news channel under like weird news threw yeah. me for a bit. So I'm assuming that this is correct, but or legit I should say. Uh, so six former eBay employees have been charged with raging a campaign to terrorize the editor and publisher of an online newsletter by sending creepy deliveries to their home, including, but not limited to, live spiders and cockroaches. So this has actually brought the FBI and uh, and the feds in because I'm I'm assuming there's mail tampering. There's, yeah, because you can't fuck with mail. If you fuck with you mail shit. You cannot fuck with mail. It's federal. Yeah, instantly. So like, there's like, I think these people that have get, are getting accused or, you know, or I, I don't think any of them have gone to trial yet or what that would entail. But um, but it's, you know, the feds have caught them. It seems like they're real guilty. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and they messed with the mail, which is a huge no-no on top of a bunch of other stuff that they got hit with. So other items that they had sent were a funeral wreath, a bloody pig's face. Come on. A Halloween mask. Um, as well as ordering porno magazines underneath the, because uh, it was a husband and wife team that ran and published this um, newsletter, uh, uh, porno mags under the husband's name, and then having those magazines delivered to neighbors' houses in their neighborhood. What a deep troll. What oh, a dude, deep... it gets even worse. Uh, wow. They set up fake social media accounts to send threatening messages, and one, uh, as an example of one, 
is that right after they sent the bloody pig's face, one of these fake social media accounts tweeted at them, do I have your attention now? Um, they posted the couple's name and address online on like Facebook and other social sites with advertising yard sales. Like, hey, we're having a yard sale. Here's our address. And then um, like telling strangers to go and knock on their door if they weren't in the front yard. Like, hey, we're having this yard sale. Here's our address. Come on by. And if you don't see us, feel free to knock on the on the door. So like Holy sending moly. them these strangers and what over. what prompted which, all this? A newsletter article. I'm going to get into it because it's okay. like when you hear, because while I was reading this, I was like, huh, what kind of newsletter are these motherfuckers sending out to yeah. to have this much the the list of people involved in this is huge and the their ranking within the company is high wow. so like what did these what were these people printing and i was thinking like my mind went into a dark place and i was like mm, you know uh-huh mm. what is this <laughs> and then you when i tell you what it is in a few minutes you're going to be like this is what caused this to happen it just it's so out of left field and and overkill and ridiculous like it's just insane wow it's insane then on top of sending them all this posting their personal information online kind of uh encouraging strangers to go knock on their door uh, harassing them via like various social media sites under fake handles. They also planned to break into the couple's garage at one point in order to plant a GPS device on their car so that they could um, harass them and trail them and see who who were they were visiting, where they were going, uh, and, and stalk them even more. I mean, this is full-on espionage. Oh, yeah. So check this out. This is a quote from the Massachusetts U.S. Attorney. Uh, Andrew Lelling, I believe that's his name. I can't really read my writing because my writing is so cursive-y, cursive-y, yeah. cursive cur- that I actually cursive-y. have cursive that I actually have a hard time reading it these days. Uh, this, this, so this is the quote. This was a determined, systematic effort by senior employees of a major company to destroy the lives of a couple in Natick. I think that's how it's pronounced, Natick all because they published content that the company executives didn't like. For a while, they succeeded, psychologically devastating these victims for weeks as they desperately tried to figure out what was going on and how to stop it. So that's from the Massachusetts U.S. Attorney. These people are fucked. Just utterly fucked. So the people that were involved on the eBay side of things are James Baugh, who was eBay's Senior Director of Safety and Security, David Harville, eBay's director of global resiliency, I think is the title. Huh. Uh, they've both been charged with cyber stalking and conspiracy to tamper with witnesses. And then the other employees charged are, so they were going to tamper with witnesses. Like what? Oh my gosh. Like what? So then the other employees charged are Stephanie Pop, senior manager of global intelligence, Brian Gilbert, former senior manager of special operations for eBay's global security team, so this is like eBay's security, you know, yeah. high-end security people. Stephanie Stockwell, former manager of eBay's Global Intelligence Center. Veronica Zia, former eBay contractor who worked as an intelligent analyst in the Global Intelligence Center. And then the eBay team decided to go after these guys. Um, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. So the e- these 
people that have been charged decided to go after the publishers, this husband and wife team of the newsletter, after it posted an article on August of 2019 regarding a lawsuit filed by eBay accusing Amazon of poaching its sellers. And so this article also referenced uh, an executive number one within the piece, uh, although they didn't post the name or his position. So basically... I know that sounded really jumbled. So basically, this newsletter that the couple ran was yeah. all about how uh, eBay was having a, was involved in a lawsuit with Amazon due to um, feeling like that they were poaching their sellers, and that the article from this newsletter mentioned an executive number one, but never specifically called anybody out. So. It, you know, okay. who's to say, like, you know, as an average reader of this newsletter, you're not going to know who yeah. that would be. That could be, you know, that who kn- who knows? Agents deter- have determined that about a half an hour after that article, that newsletter article from the couple went live, executive number one, who has now been determined to be uh, Devin Wenig, eBay's CEO at the time, who has since stepped down, although he says he stepped down because of differences with the board, not because of necessarily this particular incident, texted an executive number two uh, with the statement, uh, victim one is out with a hot piece on the litigation. If you are ever going to take her down, now is the time. But, But, and I can't believe I'm saying this. But he he has not been charged as of okay. currently. This uh, this the guy that sent that text has not has not been charged. I and the only thing I can think of to to keep him from getting in in any trouble is the fact that while his statement sounds really like while his text to executive number two sounds really kind of loaded considering the context of what we're talking about. At the time, it could have just been like, you know, F this chick, you know, right. just just like whatever. Expo- you know, like I there were no there were no detailed instructions as to what that meant. Yeah. And he it doesn't sound like he was involved in any of the harassing. So that's kind of what is saving him. Right. Is how I would guess that that plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, he stepped down in September as CEO. Uh, he says it's because of board differences and not because of this incident. Uh, when confronted, the people involved, uh, they lied to the police about eBay's involvement and then lied to the company lawyers regarding their involvement. Um, apparently one of the gentlemen, Brian Gilbert, attempted to reach out to the couple under the guise of helping them to stop the harassment. And the feds are saying that the white knight strategy was an effort to create some goodwill towards the company, result in a more favorable article, and to please eBay's management. Uh, the group was discovered after police went to eBay and notified them of their suspicious behavior from their staff. And then an internal investigation uh, is what kind of flushed everybody out. Uh, and then the employees were fired in September. Wow. Pretty hardcore. No, yeah. Wicked web. No yeah. one intended, but what but, a. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Just so that was kind of, I, you know, that's not really, I don't know if that really falls into our, our weird and wacky purview, but I just thought like 
It's pretty weird. It's weird that at such a high level, that such an aggressive tactic against I know. a couple's newsletter. Yeah. By like, <laughs> like high level employees. That's insane. Yeah. So yes, to save our own asses, this article was pulled from WFXR Fox. Uh, I am going to have it linked in our Facebook page. I didn't write it. Somebody else did. <laughs> and it does seem like it's popping on other news sites now, too. Oh, is it? Okay. It feels like when, it's getting picked up. Because yeah. when I found it, I was just searching frantically because I forgot about our 6 p.m. record time. Right. I was just frantically searching weird news in Google. And then this popped up and it was like posted 34 minutes ago. So if it's starting to pop off now, that makes a lot more sense. I'm looking at okay. pictures of the of the pig mask and some of the other items that they oh, were shipping. Oh, yeah, them. okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because I didn't even see photos of any of that stuff. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy to me. Crazy. All right, so next up is, uh, uh, I got this from Sky News. Don't know if it's necessarily a <laughs> reputable site, but it has news in the title. So, yeah, it should be fine, right? Yeah. That's how I, I decide to solve those problems. Um, this comes out of Australia. That's And that's also why, like, I recognize our news sources, not that they're any better by any stretch of the imagination. But anything that's kind of more international-based or stories that come from overseas, I'm always a little bit more hesitant to totally believe that I'm getting them from a reputable source. Yeah. But what have you. Anyway, from Sky News, this is out of Australia. Uh, pair hired. Yeah, that's hired. I, I was like, does that lured? Pair hired for man's broom sexual fantasy turn up in the bedroom at a wrong address with machetes. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah. What so, a headline. I know. I was like, am I reading this correctly? I felt like I was reading four different headlines smashed together. But yeah. yeah. Pair hired for a man's broom sex fantasy turn up in a bedroom at a wrong address with machetes you're saying broom broom b-r-o-o b-r-o-o-m okay all right so two men snuck into a bedroom with machetes after being hired to carry out a stranger's sex fantasy of being tied up in his underwear and stroked with a broom uh, but it turned out to be the wrong address. Oh, I forgot. I only made certain notes for this because it's so good that I wanted to actually read more, like some of the direct article to you. Let me let me pull it up. Oh, I please please tell me I still have it. Uh, yep, I sure do. There it is. <laughs> okay. I mean, that sounds um, like the the uh, the beginning of a of a film of a Coen Brothers movie. It's yeah, absolutely. Uh, the pair, after realizing their mistake, offered an apology of. Sorry, mate, and then left the house. <laughs> the two men who have since been acquitted of any wrongdoing because they didn't mean to necessarily break into this gent's house sure. explained that they uh, brought the machetes as props for the sex play. Yeah. So I want to read to you um, the best, uh, the best summation of it. <laughs> Here it is. Okay. Uh, police said that the intended client had a history and proclivity for engaging in the services of people. That's not a problem. Like, you know, you do you. As long as everybody is agreeing to what's happening, I certainly don't think it's right. something to make fun of. Uh, we don't yuck anyone's yum. 
Yes, we don't yuck the yum. I just love the way that this next couple of paragraphs are written. Uh, he had made arrangements with a man on Facebook for people to engage in the role play and sent his address before he later then realized he sent the old address because he updated it after moving oh. from his house 30 miles away. So the people that actually got hired saw the old address first. Uh, the resident of the home where the men mistakenly turned up told police that when he noticed a light on in his lounge at around 6.15 a.m., he assumed it was a friend who visits daily to make coffee. He said he called out B, you know, dot, dot, dot. They didn't give the full name. Or no, or B off. I don't know what B, bitch off? It can't be bitch off. I don't know. It's like B, and then they they blanked it because it's a bad word, and then off. So what's B off? I'm going to see if I can look up. Uh, you said it, it's Australian, Is it like right? Australian slang for something? Could it be bugger off? Oh, bugger, yeah. Which is like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, that's why. He said he called out bugger off. It's too early. Here's where it gets good. After hearing a voice asking, is your name Kevin? The man said he turned his light on to see two men he did not recognize standing next to his bed, both holding machetes. Oh, my gosh. A conversation then ensued, of course. (laughs) There are two men in your bedroom with machetes. In which the pair repeatedly sought to establish whether he was Kevin. Because they're probably so fucking confused because they're like, wait, is this part of the role play? Yeah. Each time being told no in response. At one point, one of them asked, are you sure you are not Kevin? As we were told to come to this address and pick up Kevin. This guy must be so fucking glad he's not Kevin because he doesn't know what the fuck's happening. Yeah. There's just machetes there. Eventually accepting their error... The duo then left with one saying, sorry, mate, and shaking the resident's hand while the other said bye. The guy called the police. Uh, the two guys found the actual house because the dude texted them like, where are you? So they do find that dude that truly did hire them. Show up to his place. Uh, the customer told the now. So the guy is there with the two guys that he hired. He tells the guys, leave your knives in the car. Um, so they do. And then they all go into his house and he cooks them bacon, eggs, and noodles uh, after being asked to do so, who, after they eat, they then fell asleep on the couch. So it doesn't even say if they, like, if he got his money's worth or not. It's so crazy. I mean, what a, when part of the fantasy is, like, a break-in, and, you know, that's, like, a really dangerous thing, because yeah, like it just well, takes even for that these one two mistake. Guys- even for these two guys breaking into this house, like, yeah. th- who was to say that the guy at the h- home I didn't know. have a gun or was, like, totally freaked out? The fact that there was a conversation that was held, like, thank God. Yeah, that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah. So this article ends with, Leroy's lawyer says, it was a commercial agreement to tie up and stroke a semi-naked man in his underpants with a broom. Entry was not with intent to intimidate. So everybody... Yeah. uh uh you know, it all worked out fine. Yeah. Best case scenario. <laughs> I mean, my God. It's fantastic. It was like, it actually, I was really happy to see that article because it put a smile on my face. Yeah. That it, it was so goofy, but also everybody got out of it safe. So I was like, okay, this was this one's okay to smile about. Totally. Totally. That's all I got. And with that, let's take a break.
All right, I want to welcome a very special guest to today's episode of The Untold Hour. We are joined by an artist named Chogren. Chogren, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me on, guys. First of all, we worked together on some some promo art for Little Willie. I was so stoked that you were down to do that. I don't know if I even know how you came across. Did you come across me before I Yeah, I was I was familiar you? With, your, with your work because it's actually a really funny story, you know, and I, I'm sure it's the same experience with a lot of people that um that uh, Satanist worshiper guy. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I thought that was like for a long time, I was like, "Oh, that's real," but and I was like, "Oh, that guy's." Oh, real. you find you tricked somebody. <laughs> yeah, he tricked me. I love he it. Tricked me, and uh, and then yeah, so I started following you after that. And then I saw your short film, and I had one of my biggest like scares when I was a kid was Chucky. Oh so yeah, I thought I thought your idea was brilliant, and I was just and since you know how a lot of us like we take the things that we're scared of and then we love them as adults. Exactly, like, we overcome those fears. Like uh, for me, it was Pennywise and Chucky. Yeah. So now I love those things. So I was like, oh, I have to do you know some art for this because it's perfect. So. Well, yeah, I was so excited to hear from you, and I love the piece that you did. And yeah. you're right; that is exactly my experience with <laughs> horror films. It's because I was so scared of them as a kid. And now they're my favorite thing ever. Um, so tell us a little bit about your art and what exactly you you specialize in. I mean, you do a lot. And you also have now a, a specific vinyl toy that we want to talk about. But just tell us about your art in general. Um, I guess I was like so always super interested in art. I always have like a specific story that I go back to. There's a part in the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie where April mm -hmm. O'Neil is drawing the turtles in watercolor and color pencil. Uh -huh. And that, that kind of like activated something in my brain. Um, and I, I'd always drew as a kid since like I was little, my, my parents always encouraged it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've always, uh, been, I guess, brainwashed in a weird way. Like we all were by, by eighties cartoons, TV, uh, growing up in Ecuador, I actually had access to a lot of, um, Japanese stuff that, you know, th that wave that wouldn't hit the States until like 98, but I grew up with it like in the eighties. Not to, uh, well, I know Guillermo, so like Guillermo del Toro grew mm -hmm. up in Mexico with a lot of stuff like Ultraman and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, so, that's true. So I've always wanted to find like the source. I'm like, why did we grow up with all this? Like, because, you yeah. know, um, you know, everybody like in 94 is like Power Rangers, but I knew it like a Super Sentai, you know, which is, you know, it's. So you knew all the old yeah. school stuff. Yeah, I was like, everybody's like, oh, this is brand new. I'm like, this is not new. This is recycled. So, <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, I've always wondered because I remember in college, you know, it was one of those things where all of the anime and manga that we got was so hit and miss. So that would be around like mid 90s. And you would find the one video and then you would not find part two ever because it just never was imported or nobody brought it over. or You couldn't, you know, you couldn't get the VHS. And that's yeah. so cool that you guys had like full access from the get go. I'm yeah, and actually legitimately jealous. <laughs> yeah, it was actually I, really quick. I know, like, this is not paranormal at all, but but the one series I knew that was on in Ecuador, and they had the whole series was Dragon Ball Z. So when I moved to the states, I had to wait till like the show caught up. I'm like, I'm oh, like, whoa. I know, I know, I know. There's more <laughs> stuff. Like, wait. So the internet was still kind of like, you know, you know, dial up and all that stuff. So like, you know, it, yeah, pretty funny. So, I think you see those styles uh, influencing your art too. One thing yeah. that I noticed when I first looked at your art 
and I hope you think this is a compliment, but I, and this is one of the reasons why I thought it would be a good collab to have you do something for Little yeah. Willie is you do a lot of work uh, uh, representing dark characters, but in a kind of sweet way. Yeah. Uh, or there's there's uh, this like, a, 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 I don't want to say cutesy, but they, it is yeah. cutesy, but then it also then in turn makes it kind of more terrifying. I'm glad, I'm glad that you tapped into that because that's one of the reasons that a lot of the films and things that I want to do is... I want to portray that innocence through my style, but I also want to, a lot of the stories and things that I write have a dark, you know, like darkness to them. Be, be behind them. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the stories are, are coming of age. So the character has to go through, can we swear on this show? Oh, oh yes. fuck yeah. Uh, yes. uh, okay. <laughs> so my, basically I put all my characters go through like a fucked up experience, you know, like for them to like learn, you know, uh, like the very Charles Dickens, you know, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Kind of right. Way. It's, so. it's very uh, like, for lack of a better phrase, because I know even this was an homage to a different, a earlier style, but it's very Cuphead esque. Yeah. Video game. Yeah, yeah. Where it's kind of like harkens back to old like school vintage animation vintage animation yeah. but with a modern twist both people, i think with your lot, colors as well as with your um your actual like characters yeah a lot of people like when people say your stuff looks like popeye and astro Boy had a baby i take that completely <laughs> as, a, as a compliment because those are the two those are the two guys that i i reference uh, actually one of my biggest uh inspirations and anytime i get the chance to name drop him I, I i do so up iWorks, who was the co-creator oh, yeah. of mickey mouse you know mm-hmm. um his stuff is fantastic if you guys have not seen his short balloon land is one of the creepiest animated like shorts ever it's literally all these balloon characters and they're being chased by this uh this pin monster that blows them up i don't think oh, i've ever seen I'll that see. and i regularly just I search like YouTube. creepy old yeah. cartoons on youtube yeah. Like it, what uh, this would what be something to. What was it called to, again? I'm sorry, Balloon. Ba- balloon Land. Balloon yeah. Land. What is the What is the cartoon of the? Oh, uh, found it. <laughs> of the uh, the dancing skeletons was this, was that Disney? It's like a famous yeah. gift now. Yeah, Wasn't that it's, silly uh, it, symphonies? Maybe. It was, yeah, it was. It was an Ub. An Ub was doing silly symphonies. He did. Um, uh, man, I now I feel like a terrible iWorks fan, but yeah, the dancing skeletons, and then he do he did one. I think it's called Hell's Bells, where the okay. characters you like, and you can see a lot of like Cuphead, uh, you know, inspiration. Cup, Cuphead took inspiration from that because there's that. you know the devil, is yeah, in, you know, in that in that short. And then my other big um, you know uh, uh, influences Osamu Tezuka, who's you know like basically created manga and anime yeah i mean in a, in a weird way so so yes too cheerful too cheerful yeah. sounds but what i loved about iWorks is that he he also kind of like would kind of hide behind that cute rubber hose st- animation style and would cover a lot of dark stuff which is why his stuff at the time wasn't as popular as everything else so you know it didn't do so well but now it's like you know you watch yeah it, it's, it's amazing so, yeah. Well, I want to I want to talk about um uh, an animated project of yours, but we may get into the yeah. supernatural first. And I yeah, think a good segue into the supernatural is tell us how the Guillermo del Toro figure came about and your experience yeah. visiting Bleak House and then maybe from there we can talk about your own personal supernatural experiences. Or as I like to call Bleak House Disneyland. Um, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know, growing being being a being Latino, being an artist, um, I came across Guillermo's movies. It was a weird marriage because I, when I first moved to the states, 
I was my one of my biggest things that I did. I went to the theater. So one of the, one of the things I latched onto was Blade, and then I went oh, to go yeah. see Blade, Blade Two, mm-hmm. and then I love Blade Two because like you know the of the Reapers of the vampires, their jaws open. And then I got of course you know the beautiful thing when we had DVDs and all the amazing features that still you know are on there. I saw this jolly big guy. Talking about it. yeah, and then and then this fucking comic Hellboy, you know, like so he's so I fell in love with Guillermo, with Guillermo and Hellboy at once. It was like a marriage, and then two years later, Hellboy came out. Yeah. So so for me, it was just like you know, my it was like a brain explosion. So I kind of followed them, followed him since like 2002, and then I was in college, and Pan's Labyrinth came out, and I was the guy who was like, oh Guillermo del Toro's new movie came out, and, and all my friends were like, who? You know, like Guillermo, I was like, no, no, this guy, you know, and like I, I watched Chronos, I watched like, yeah. I, you know, I kind of just basically kind of went back and watched everything that he did. So anyways, fast forward to, you know, LA, I started doing art shows. And since Guillermo is one of like, you know, I'm inspired by his movies. I was like, oh, why don't I do a Guillermo del Toro inspired art show? So th- you know, I did this show with Gallery 1988, and uh, one of the things that I did for the show, I collaborated with an artist that sculpted in 3D. They, she took my design, and uh, this was this was born. That's so <laughs> cool! Isn't that the coolest? Is it Real is it such horror. a thrill to see something you designed rendered in 3D? I feel like it, anybody that grew it, up on toys and you know yeah. Ninja Turtles action figures, I feel like we all just I've wanted my weird Satanist guy to have a toy for so long. I literally when I saw your little Willie and I did that design, like the next thing I wanted to do was design my version of little Willie with like as a toy. Like as a vinyl totally, toy. Totally, yeah. So so yeah, it's kinda like having a kid in a weird way. So <laughs> um so this was like this was literally like a prototype out of resin. Not this one, but Guillermo bought the original. So basically like as a gesture for putting on the art show um he you know invited me to his house and i got to you know got a tour and oh. it was kind of sort of it was kind of hilarious though because like you can kind of i don't want to say i don't want to speak for you know for him or anything but it almost seems like a frequent thing so there were other people there as well that like you know <laughs> kind of you know so like yeah and you and as soon as you walk in there's like you know gary oldman's mask from dracula you know, oh like, man all these God, like all these like things <laughs> yes and and like the i think like he was kind of curating or redecorating um and actually you know how he had that lacma exhibit yeah oh yeah i i literally went a week before the the museum came by and picked everything up so everything was kind of sort of like i think out of order or out of place mm-hmm. or he was they were getting ready because he literally said yeah they're gonna come and grab all my stuff and he was like he's like kind of panicky about it you're like a, like any collector you're like oh my god sure. to touch my shit you know so but yeah it was it was amazing like you know and there's a video through the chronos uh dvd special features where like you know there's the dickens like hidden room where like you pull out a book and a, like a secret passageway opens and he's got a rain yeah it's yeah it's so what, what was your favorite item that you saw at his house was there uh, like a i do have a I, he let me carry uh he had big baby the the gun from Help yeah me too. he had it like there like on a couch like on a chair and like you know just being ballsy i'm like can i grab it <laughs> <laughs> and like and then i grabbed it and it was like fucking heavy and i was like oh my god i'm gonna drop this and he's gonna kill me so yeah. i just very god. gently <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> oh my gosh something at del toro's house 
Uh, that, it would be like the equivalent. I, friends of mine had a baby recently, and I held their and, newborn. And you dropped it? No, but like that's the panic I get. I If I hold a baby oh, for more yeah. than like a minute, I'm like, take it back, take it back, take it back. I just get so worried about dropping it. I know. I They're know, so I know. delicate. Anxiety, anxiety, yeah. Wow. Um, there was, there's actually a clip, I think, uh, Conan O'Brien, the, his co-host. co-host Andy, Andy Richter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a video where, I don't know if it was planned or it was a joke, but he literally broke something out of his house. I know. I've watched that video, and I can't tell if it's I planned not, or not. I have I think not seen it, that. If I remember correctly, it feels kind of genuine. It feels like it's, he fucked something it's super, up. It's super cringy. Yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> so, not good. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Yeah. That's not even a good skit. If they, if that if they even thought that up as like a pre-planned a bit, skit, yeah. that's not a good bit. You don't no. want to like no. You don't do that when you're a collector. No. It would yeah. just stress the viewers out. Yeah. So that means that uh, Del Toro has, so he has the original of your toy yeah, in his house. It's, it's in his uh, Ray Harryhausen collection, which I'm really uh, honored, honored by because like um, awesome. it has like, you know, there's, I think there's a monster in one of the movies that has like the six arms. It's like the one, you know, in a serpent tail. So yeah. yeah. To be among all that stuff, I'm like, you know, like at, at that point I was like, I'm done. You know, I was like, so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're originally from Ecuador. Yes. So tell us what I what I thought was interesting is on this show, we often talk about urban legends that are mm-hmm. uh, native to our regions. Like I grew up in Maryland, and so I have the goat man of Maryland. Um, oh, wow. We've been to West Virginia to talk about the moth man. Mm-hmm. But you have uh, you grew up with a different set of urban legends. If you could yes. walk us through some of those and how they were introduced to you, because I feel like we haven't done deep dives into a few of these. One I hadn't even heard of, and I had to look it up. Right. Uh, so basically, I grew up with a cuco, and um, that has different, like in Mexico, I know it's called cucuy. Um, and then la llorona, uh, which is the whaler, the whaling woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to break it down, cuco was, so was kind of, it's kind of a boogeyman, so you behave. You know, right. so you don't do you don't do stupid shit. And then the Yorona, it was kind of sore more like don't stay out too late at night because she'll Yorona come get will, you. She'll come get you. Yeah. So the but but it's kind of amazing. Like uh, I did had in college, I had to do a research paper on all the different versions of La Yorona because that's one of the things that I love is I actually uh, I brought this book is this is one of my favorite books uh, Latin American oh, nice. folklore. Um, I should probably say it because it's a podcast. It's by John Bierhorst. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's Latin American folktales, stories from Hispanic and Indian traditions. Um, and the, the cool thing about La Llorona, I'll just, you know, talk really quickly on the history. Um, and this is just coming from you know, memory. So I apologize if anybody's listening to this and, and I butcher it, but um, it has like, um, it, it comes from like Aztec like roots because um, when the conquistadors came to, you know, they, they conquered the Aztecs. And I guess one of the, um, one of the, um, the women from the Aztecs uh, betrayed her people. And she's known as La Malinche. And she was Cortez's uh, lover. And apparently they had a, a child together. But later, but later Cortez married a Spanish woman and out of spite and rage, she Took, you know, took revenge by killing the child. Holy so, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there's, you know, the common, uh, ver- and from that, I think fr- that was kind of the origin. And I think from that, you have the common tale of like um, um, a townswoman um, who falls in love with a nobleman. 
and then the nobleman, you know, they have children, and then the nobleman lo- loses interest in her and basically gets, you know, another lover, and out of, you know, rage, and, you know, she drowns her children in her river, and then she has to look for them, you know, she's crying for them. Yeah. You know, so Do you, I feel like, uh, not to always bring this back to Goatman, but <laughs> growing up, we, we had different versions of the Goatman legend, okay. and, and I, I kind of... I feel like I choose the one that I like the best or the one who, you know, the narrative kind of rings the most true to me. Do you kind of like settle in on, well, this is the, this is the way I choose to see this legend or this folktale or, or do you kind of like welcome it all in and know that it's constantly amorphous? The one, the one that like, I mean, I never saw like any of these, but like, um, I know that the Cuco, the boogeyman, especially in the eighties for us growing up in South America was definitely like a real thing it was actually more because there was an actual serial killer called the monster of the Andes, uh-huh. uh, killing, killing specifically children. And uh, his name was That's Pedro fucked Lopez. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He killed, he killed 300 plus children. Um, he's supposed to be one of the what? most, like one of the most, yeah. Pro, like how is it that we've word. never heard about that? Even though it's 300 kids. I and tell you. Was, and he was released. That's what? And he was, yeah. Is, and he I feel still, like, is he still alive? Or did nobody, no, nobody knows where he is. That oh my fucking god, I'm furious now. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like and we scary. always hear that. The, uh, a buddy of mine just the other day was like, he, he's British, and he was like, well, you, you've heard of so and so, and it wasn't like the most famous British serial killer. It was someone else, and I was like, yeah. no, I've never heard of them. And he's like, oh yeah, dude, he killed like forty people. I feel like every every week I hear a new yeah. <laughs> a new. <laughs> horrific serial killer i've never heard of before i know and and he i don't know how he goes under under the radar honestly because like i mean i didn't know that until later but yeah it was a it was a a real concern because i think when he there were it was countries all over south america but i think in ecuador there were over 53 graves Uh, so then something like that that's real world that blends into the el cuco myth or like families kind of use the El Cuco myth to like warn kids of the yeah. real threat. To I think, scare I think kids the, from like strangers and make sure and yeah. get home and don't talk to that person, which is kind of what, which is interesting because uh, it's kind of like what folk tales, you know, fairy tales here right. are, you know, like uh, little like red Hansel riding hood, and Hansel yeah. and Gretel. Like it's all of these ways to warn children via story yeah. on how not like stranger danger, basically. Yeah. It was, it was basically our version of stranger danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then like Yorona, I don't, I don't remember being so like scared of her. I was more sad for her, but it was weird because the version that I grew up with, they told me that she would count your fingers and that's very much a Baba Yaga thing. It's a, you know, right. that's a, why would she count you know, your fingers to like Baba Yaga, you know, each children, yeah. I, I believe, I believe and she like to teach, to kind of sort of like torture them or tease them. She would count their fingers before she would bite them off. You know? Yeah. So, right. I mean, again, I don't know. I, this well, is just La, recollection. But does La Llorona, La Llorona, does she eat? Kids? She doesn't eat kids, right? And, she, 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 she takes, them, drown, she, she takes and, them and drowns them, right? And drowns and drowns them, yes. Yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, there's other mutated versions where she does eat them, and you know, I've heard all kinds. I mean, of, as if the drowning wasn't enough. I, feel right. like. I mean, I even heard one from my Spanish friends from Spain that the Yorona also uh, the whaling is from the witch trials in Spain in the 17th century. And that mm-hmm. the people that burned the witches, and it happened during the same, same time during the Salem witch trials, which is nuts, because they were like completely like oceans apart, 
and they happened around the same time. So it's kind of crazy. Oh, wow. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of when you, when you see all these civilizations have pyramids and like, how did they know? Like, yeah, you know, um, it's kind of like that kind of thing. But apparently like the people that burned um, those so-called witches, uh, they would, they would hear that it was like a curse. Like they were, they would, the uh, generations of the people that, you know, that burned them would hear their cries. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder so if like, that kind of has a connection to like, like you said, how you have these, like, why are there pyramids everywhere? Like, You've got yeah. banshees, you've got, yeah. you know, uh, uh, what are the ones from Greek and Roman mythology? You've got, um, I can't remember now. I guess they are banshees. I can't remember. But you've got, you know, there's yeah. always this, like, there's always this, like, female version that yeah. announces her presence by wailing. You're talking about like sirens, all... are you? No, uh, oh, I mean, sorry, I suppose sorry. sirens could be into that. But what are the ones that come after you when you are a sinner and they f- and they flay flay you. I know what you're talking about. Do you now know what I'm gotta, talking about? Now Har- harpies, 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 yeah. harpies. But they're supposed yeah. to make a noise too. So I'm just wondering yeah. if like like mm-hmm. what the underlying like connection to all of it is. Like, is yeah. there an original story, or is it just that right. that's just something within humanity that feels the need uh, to yeah. talk about it? I don't know. Like at the end of the day, you know, like uh, like the original stories and folklores, we came up with shit just to explain stuff that we were scared right. of. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I mean, it's super, it's super interesting. I mean, like, um, I, it wasn't until later that I, when I was older that my parents told me, like, yeah, you know, the cuckoo was very much a real thing because there was a period in because I think he was apprehended like in the eighties, but it was very much a real thing. Like people were freaked out, like with yeah. the kids that going going out and stuff. So yeah, what uh, I feel like I've seen many. Uh, like visual representations of what La Llorona looks like. And obviously there's even been a film recently, but what supposedly is El Cuco a monster or is it, is it just a man? He takes many forms. The version that I grew up with, he was a shapeshifter. Okay. He could, he could, he basically was a shapeshifter that could lure children and whatever, you know, kind of like Pennywise, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, Again, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I wanted to mention it because it would be, uh, I, I would feel it's my duty for my for my region. Right. But, uh, but other than that, yeah, it's really kind of where my knowledge kind of stops there. So. Well, your grandmother was a medium, oh, correct? Yes, yes. And, so you kind of grew up with the stuff in your in your veins. So apart from monsters and folklore, yes, uh, paranormal stuff has been like really big in my family. So especially on my dad's side, my grandmother was a medium in the point where she could channel spirits. And um, I forget what the name of the medium is, but when they take a piece of paper and you're, they're constantly like, you know, scribbling. Oh, oh like yeah. that's not scrying, is it? No, scrying's when you mirror. Um, are mirror or water or even like a pendulum yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that's automatic writing. Automatic writing, and there's a great there's a great example of it in the um, the George C. Scott movie, The Changeling. I know oh yeah, totally. Oh, I just watched yeah. it like a month ago. I love that movie. Um, so good. And the and the uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I was gonna get into that, that but that that'll be a different segue. <laughs> um, so yeah, my grandmother did that kind of stuff, and one of the craziest examples was she had just had a heart attack. She was older, and the doctor said, like, don't, like, don't tell your grandmother uh, anything crazy. She's very delicate right now. And literally her sister had just passed away, but nobody told her. Wow. So, so everybody's trying to, everybody's trying to be nice with her. And, and, and then she kind of basically said, you guys don't have to do this. I already know she's dead. 
Oh, she wow. Caught, she caught she, you guys. <laughs> well, well, no, but it's crazy. Like, this is kind of yeah. gives me, like, it gives me goosebumps. She said, she said, like, I already talked to her last night. She visited me last night when she passed. Oh, like, wow. that's actually kind of awesome. I mean, yeah. it's awful, but it's sweet yeah. at the same time. Sweet. Well, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like South American culture, Mexican culture, we have very, uh, you know, we embrace death, I guess, in a weird way. Like, you know, it's like, it's not here, like when in the States where some, you talk to somebody like a saw goes, you're like, oh, get away from me, you fucking weirdo. You know, like, well, I mean, not everybody, you know, but it's very kind of like common talk. It was like, oh, I talked to my dead grandmother last night, you know, like, <laughs> you know, at dinner, you know. Well, yeah. She, uh, we, she appeared to me. We've, yeah. we've, I, we've had a... Uh, Many guests who have talked about, actually, and the two episodes that come to mind, Jess, I don't know if you were here for them, but one was, uh, I spoke to the filmmaker Stuart Gordon, and now he's he's left us, he recently passed, but yeah, um, yeah, when he was on our podcast, he had an experience where he saw his father after his father had passed. And, um, and interacted with his spirit. And then and then I had a guest that was just a co worker. Tell me that the night of her prom, if I, I may be misremembering, but I think it was the night of her prom, she saw her mother uh, out on water. I think she was in Jersey and, and the prom was at this hotel on the waterfront and she saw her mother walking on water and then found out her mother had passed while she was at the prom. Oh my gosh. Wow. And uh, had, I think from a, from a heart attack. And so it seems to, yeah, that seems to be a, a common occurrence. That and, and oftentimes it brings about peace. It doesn't, it doesn't feel unsettling. Well, and then I was going to say my first uh, ghost experience. I mean, I think it's my first and my only was I was my grandmother. Then my grandmother herself passed and I was really attached to her. And um, I was at that time, you know, I guess like most kids at that time, I slept with my parents, you know, like in kind of like in the middle of the bed. And I woke up at night and she had just passed away and she just kind of like she grabbed my toe and I woke up, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like half half asleep. And she said, everything's going to be OK, you know. And, wow. uh, and I didn't even like freak out or anything. Cause you know, I was really a uh, kind of spazzy kid. Like, you know, like that kind of stuff freaked, freaked, freaked me out. Like I were growing up on Ghostbusters and all these scary movies and stuff like that. But that was one of those moments where it was just, I felt very peaceful. And then literally growing, like, as I got older, then everybody else in my family told me, yeah, oh, she appeared to us that night too. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's, that's so cool. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And didn't, making the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> saying her good saying her goodbyes, like, hey. yeah. And your, <laughs> yeah, your father has an intense story about uh not necessarily oh, an yeah. apparition, but like a shadow figure. We've talked about shadow figures and the yeah, man yeah. in the hat and also what mm-hmm. what is his story about a shadow person? He literally saw a figure in black and it appeared it appeared like right next to his friend. And he, I, from what I remember what he told me, he was at a balcony and he was trying to, he was yelling something at his friend and his friend was crossing the street. And this figure literally appeared next to him and then his friend got run over. Whoa. Whoa. So in and the da- daytime this happened? In the daytime at a beach, yeah. Whoa. Wow. So he yeah. saw a, a, a dark figure appear next to his friend moments before his friend was struck yeah. and killed. Struck. And then there was another wow. incident. My dad, my dad at one point owned a shrimp farm, uh, which are, you know, uh, they're, I guess they're kind of common in South America. And uh, he, he, one of his workers uh, woke up in the middle of the night foaming, foaming at the mouth that they, he had seen like a dark figure um, as well. And there was something that they, my dad literally had then the next day they, they came and blessed the, you know, the shrimp farm. 
because that's very also very common common practice in South America is you like you immediately come and bless something like I remember when I was little this is I know this is it's not really a curse but it's a thing with children in South America it's called the evil eye and, oh and my, I've got that all over my house yeah and malojo uh, or in, in Ecuador is called Ojeando. So I guess like one of my dad's friends, I was like four or five and he said like, your son looks really weak. Like he looks really out of it. And I guess like the version that I grew that they told me is that, that I was collecting all this negative energy. Uh, huh. it's, it's about, it's about energy. But my, my dad literally took me to a witch doctor and like they, like I, I rem- actually remember this because I remember that we had to take like it was like in a small village we had to take a like a little canoe crossed over and this guy I was like in this circle and this guy literally rubbed eggs around my body hmm. and after he opened each egg there there was um like black yolk came out mm-hmm. and he kept and he kept doing that until the yolk was clear and then um he like he blues alcohol on me, but it's more like he really kind of spit alcohol on me. Yeah. And, and then um, he put a red bracelet on my one of my arm on my uh, uh, right hand. And ever since then, I kind of just after rehearing the story recently, I realized I'm like, oh, that's why I always kind of wear red. My favorite color is red, <laughs> and I always have some something red, you know, uh, you know stuff so yeah. i've Did got you... a little red evil eye bracelet on right now I mean, oh awesome oh, wow. that's great oh that's so cool yeah there you there's go there's my guy that, that's exactly <laughs> right. i need yeah. i am i am chock full of negative energy and i just like put up as many friggin' eyeballs as i can <laughs> get those eggs that's Back awesome those eggs. i need to roll around no, probably why i'm allergic to eggs i gotta roll around in them they're just like oh <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah and then and then there's another crazy story where my dad was cursed. I think he he got a curse from somebody, and then how did he a, know? Can I can I interrupt and ask how did he figure out that he was cursed? Um, a lot of bad stuff was happening to him. Mm. He was like, um, I and I think it had to deal with a lot of personal stuff happening in his life at the time. Is when my grandmother passed, and he was like, he was suicidal. Um, wow. You know, yeah, and uh, he was just kind of going through all this stuff, and I guess he, you know, again superstition, but. but it, the curse came from a curse they had put on a death curse they had put on one of my aunts because my dad was really close to her he like he he felt like he you know like absorbed it a little bit too because he was mm-hmm. helping her yeah. and yeah it's yeah weird it, i mean again how does he get know, rid of that how yeah. do you get um he he uh he got a hold of a brazilian witch doctor um who he actually saw on tv and he called him oh wow and he came to the house and like, I mean, it's kind of gross. I, and like, again, I was not part of it, but I guess like he had to kill some chickens. There was blood involved. We've been uh, witness yeah, to, we've been witness, uh, yeah. we've been witness to a, uh, uh, a brujo, right? Brujo. That, yeah. That's what yeah. they call them. Brujos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we, I don't think we realized and we, we, we were witness to, he channeled a spirit. And then yeah. spoke to us and kind of, kind of dressed us down. I mean, kind of gave us a talking wow. to. But, but before our session, he had a meeting with some other people and went into a room where there was a chicken killed. And our camera operators followed him in there, and they wow. were like, "Oh, we didn't know that was going to happen." Um, yeah. yeah. When when I start reading about that kind of stuff, and again, like going back to 
like, you know, bad energy, I get to a point where I like, I kind of stop reading and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not very superstitious, but again, I grew up with all that stuff. I also grew up Roman Catholic, even though I'm agnostic now. Um, I, I have my limit. And when I get to, I'm like, oh, I'm get, it's getting too dark. I'm like, I got, I, you, I clock, you, you clock out. Yeah. 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 Well, that's Bowser healthy, I, I think. Bowser and I yeah. just refer to that as a standard old internet limit. Like there, <laughs> there are some, yeah. you know, in researching some of these episodes that we do, there are some accidental deep dives that we do that yeah. we regret immensely. Without later a doubt. On. Yeah. yeah I'll like, watch it. I wish I didn't see that. I'll watch a documentary. I mean, it happened with Waco. Like I went down the rabbit hole with Waco and then a documentary and then another documentary and then deep dives on the internet. And then yeah. I, I got to a point where I was like, I, I got to tap out. I'm seeing too much. I'm too much of the, you know, of the, well, it's almost like, you know, when you watch the- and- when you watch stuff about serial killers, you know, it's almost like then you like when you watch too much of it, you feel like you need like a fucking like shower and just like, yeah. like, well, like I think, uh. you know, I mean that you might, I mean, you, you might, but I mean, there might be something to be said for that in regards to kind of absorbing that negative energy. That's a lot yeah. as, as much as somebody might enjoy uh, watching that kind of stuff for entertainment purposes, you know, and I know that true crime is like a big thing. I mean, I used to do, I used to love it too, but at some point, you know, I mean, that is like just wave after wave after wave of interesting, but horrific information that you're absorbing like all at once before you even realize that you've sucked that much in. And then, yeah, you kind of like need a soul cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I when I moved here from Ecuador to here, I just grew up with Ecuadorian history. So this is I know it blows a lot of people's minds when I tell them. But when I was 13, I had not heard about Nazis. So the whole the whole Holocaust and Nazis was like brand new to me. So it was like I was like, holy crap. Everybody else in my class was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was just kind of like, holy shit, this happened. Right. Like, how did how, how did we let this happen? How would you let like so many people die? It's nuts. So, yeah. And you you were in Pennsylvania for a while. Yeah, right? I moved I moved here right right when Columbine and 9-11 happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was and, my and, senior year of high school and freshman year of college. Yeah. Because yeah. in, yeah. in, in Ecuador, in Ecuador. It's not in South America from the most part, you don't have to worry really much. I mean, there is racism, but you kind of grow up, everybody grows up like, you know, it's more in South America is more of a social thing. Like how much money do you have? You know, you're kind of, you're kind of, you're kind of judged in that. So it was really weird for me, like moving here. Not that, not that anybody automatically put me in a category or something like that. But, you know, I think the most racist thing somebody ever said to me was like, if you don't, you know, something, blah, 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 I'm going to make guacamole out of you. I was like, right. Great. <laughs> uh, I actually almost laughed. I was like, that's so. I mean, that's the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing to say ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, awesome. Thanks. But was so, it, was it Pennsylvania where you started ghost hunting? Was that where yeah. you got yeah, it? That's where my, that's where my mom's from. Um, so okay. I'm Danville, Pennsylvania. Um, it's kind of like central PA. And uh, since I was always, you know, had all this paranormal stuff that I grew up with, I saw there was an ad in the paper, a chapter, and I was I'm a huge Ghostbusters nerd as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, ghost hunters uh, giving classes, you know, mm-hmm. at, at night at night here in Danville. And, of course, immediately, I was 16, I signed up, and, you know, there was, like, all these, like, 40-year-old people, like, smoking. And then it's, like, 16-year-old, I'm like, hey, <laughs> That's awesome. how's it going, guys? Mm-hmm. You know? 
Um, and I remember the, it was really cool. It was like a class. Like I remember my first like paper report I had to do was on the Amityville murders. Like, oh, the, yeah. haunted, the, the hauntings. I was like, that was, that's when, that was my first like deep dive, like of darkness. I was like, holy shit. Real it's quick. Even, as I, a side note, I have a friend who's from Long Island and yeah. she, I think the first time she ever did shrooms, she was partying at oh a God. house on Long Island and didn't know it was like a friend of a friend of a friend's house high out of her mind. And while she was that high, her friend decided to tell her that they're in the Amityville house. That's oh where this God. party was. And, and oh. she was like, what, what do you, what do you mean? She was like, yeah, this is where that family was killed. She was like, why would you tell me that now? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> oh my God. What anyway, did she do? She, I mean, full blown panic attack. She couldn't even like enjoy her, trip it, it was like get me out of here get me out of here get me out of here but then she's like but i don't want to go home this high yeah of so course her, not. her friends had to like calm her down she went out and laid on the lawn and just stared up at the stars until it kind of passed in like four hours anyway <laughs> Jesus, that's I'm, glad, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm glad i mentioned it but that's a kind of an awesome but terrible story at the same time yeah. <laughs> i know i'm like huh i actually i don't know if i would i voluntarily do that i don't know oh my gosh <laughs> right yeah. Well, since yeah. you have this kind of um, um, kind of uh, mediumship that runs through the family, when yeah. you did these ghost hunts, did you feel like you had were specially attuned to things that others weren't? Or the the closest thing I've ever had, I don't want to call them like powers or anything like that, but I've been to place again going back to energy. I, I I've been to places where I feel like there is a presence, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like you know like evil. And yeah. then there, I, I've been to ghost hunt. I've been to ghost hunts where I literally almost feel like the energy is being drained out of me, and I feel like weak and tired. Um, and I, I mean, and one of I guess like I guess this is a good segue to jump into one of the investigations that we like literally had to pull out of the investigation in the middle because our psychic got attacked, and we had and it, it was we thought it was a ghost hunt, and it became like a demonic thing. Oh wow! And, where were you? And usually, like you know, like our leader was like, "Yeah, we don't deal with like." demonic stuff so as soon as something demonic is involved we just like get the hell out of there because he's like he's like yeah you don't want things whispering in your ear in the middle of the night like saying your name you so, know? yeah because they do mention that when when you when you run into those types of situations oftentimes these things have a tendency to follow you home yes so was that something that you know you guys were afraid of and and warned against in each investigation it was a rule for us to say um please don't follow us please stay here Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of very common practice. And even, even I did it myself sometimes when I would like, when I was just by myself or I would go to a place that just didn't give me a good vibe, you know, like, so, but, um, that was kind of the, that, and that investigation itself was creepy just for the setup because yeah. we got, we got called in. Imagine, imagine like your house, like everything, everything's like just all of a sudden, like you go into a house and everything from like a family living there is still there. But there's like, it's like dust. It's kind of almost like, I guess the equivalent of like, if like, you know, a lot of those uh, towns are the people escape because of a bomb or radioactivity. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of like that. And this family literally got out and left because they were so scared. And so you went after sorry. like a band. Oh, no, I just out of curiosity. So you went after abandoned homes. Did you or did you also go and check out places where people were oh. still living? This was just one case. This was just one case. This one case, I guess what had happened was the family was, they were, everybody was up at midnight. And then all of a sudden, all the clocks in the house uh, said 666. Oh, that's fucked. 
Yeah, and then no. all, all the lights, uh, and then all the lights turned off. So they were like, "Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not staying here." So I guess like it was it was crazy. Like they didn't contact our leader until like a year later. So mm-hmm. like they had not been in the house for like a year. So it was really like super creepy going inside. Yeah. Did you ever find out what the history was to the house? Was it something that was like a ghost that had attached itself to the family, or was it something uh, because of the location? Because I always feel like there's. And this is obviously just a personal feeling right. Um, right. that you have kind of uh, you've got a different types of hauntings. You have those that are kind of manifested for whatever reason by the family. So the family is kind of causing the energy to occur to itself. Does that make sense? Because, right. For and that investigation. Sorry. Oh, and I was going to say, and then you've got like actual ghosts that, you know, for lack of a better phrase, retain consciousness and or of some of some type and are actually like like full hauntings where it's like a, something's out to get you. And then there's right. those other ones that are like redundant time loops that just occur because there's an impression on that particular space. Right. And, and I have had one of those, but this one, because we had to exit early from what I've heard then later was that I guess there, there, there had been a murder and somebody was actually mm. buried, buried like next to the house. Ooh. So Yeah. Yeah, creepy. Um, that was like that was the only instance um, I thought I mentioned it just because of the whole demonic thing. That mm-hmm. uh, we usually in our investigations, we our team was like, you know, you got the EVP guy, you know, standard. Now ghost hunting has become like a standard thing, but we would always take uh, a psychic with us, which is also kind of a you know a standard. And in the middle of the investigation, when we were doing an EVP session, she got a, she got attacked. Well, so, what what happened to her? Like, did she get like physically attacked, or just like emotionally, mentally attacked? She started convulsing. She Whoa. started convulsing. Yeah, and we had it. And she and when, once we went outside the house, and she was able to kind of breathe and ca- catch herself. She's like, she's like, I'm not going back inside. She's yeah. like, that that's whatever's in there is evil. So uh, it was, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, then another another instance that. I guess it was kind of also like an evil entity was we went to a place called Tamaqua Elks and Elks are kind of like these lodges where like dudes go and, you know, <laughs> I guess hang out and be dudes, yeah. you know, I guess, I guess, but this one was called Tamaqua Elks. And apparently in this building on the third floor, there had, there had been three suicides in its history. Uh, three women had, and, and they, and all of them in different periods of time and all of them, the women had hung themselves. So, is you know it's kind of like this repetition yeah um, like the negative energy just kind of feeds upon itself finds its victim and goes for it yes and in this in this investigation i noticed that a lot of our team members started changing their moods started changing mm-hmm. it was like they started getting like really like anxious like just kind of like angry mm-hmm. almost like not like in the in the the, where we were fighting or something like that. But um, it was one of the weird investigations where we actually had documentation of the orb. Uh, it was like this red orb. And it actually, in each photo, it kept getting closer and closer and closer. Ooh. Yeah. It, that was kind of my first time like where I was like, oh, orbs are, can be legit. <laughs> you know, Yeah. Like, I've always been kind of iffy with orbs. Me I too. We've always too. Tro- we've trolled too. orbs. Yeah. We used to yeah. troll orbs hard. I know. But I will yeah. say, I've seen uh, – I've seen some orb photos that have kind of won me over. I think yeah. I think now my viewpoint on it is most are just dust and yeah. lens and whatever the case may be, particles in the air. But there's the ones that are actually moving independent. Yes. The or the ones that are going like this. Yeah. 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 Those, those, you know, I'm like, I'm not convinced, 
but I'll take a second gander. <laughs> the the weirdest thing in that investigation that kind of blew my mind was because everything was dark. We went into the ballroom area of this, uh, you know, this ballroom. And in the corner, when we took the pictures and looked back, there was kind of like this like vortex of light. And you couldn't see it like, you know, you could only see it in the picture. And then there was like all these orbs like surrounding it. So almost like it was like almost like an orb vortex. Like they were like almost like a gateway. And that was really freaky. Like, you know, to see. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to contact my team leader because this was like when I was in high school, I want to get like all these photos again. Uh, I think I have a lot of them. I have to dig through my hard drives. But I'm saving the best story for last, which is this one is when I kind of stopped ghost hunting because it creeped the hell out of me. Hmm. Um, this family, almost kind of in a joking way, they were having a Halloween party and they also, they, they, they owned a farmhouse separated from their normal house. So like the farmhouse was like almost a mile away. So as their Halloween parties going like, oh, yeah, we have a bunch of ghost hunters, you know, investigating our house during Halloween. Ooh, spooky. You know, like, and we were like, you know, we treated it as a, you know, normal investigation. We started, it was standard, but apparently it was there, a, a, a child had uh, died there, had fallen down the stairs oh. um, in the 1800s and broke his neck or, you know, from, from what I heard. So, so it was dead quiet. Uh, in this barn house in the middle of the night. And as we were doing an EVP session with our psychic, she was asking all the standard question, what's your name? You know, like, are you here with us? And because he, it was a kid, um, she asked a question, something along the lines like, um, do you want to play with us? So, you know, of course you can't hear anything. And then we actually rewound the tape while, you know, right after the session. And it was dead quiet. But then the moment when she asked the question, do you want to play with us? You literally heard a kid giggling. Wow. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I, like my hair, my hairs are standing right now. Like, yeah, I, I, just, got, like, I got flat. goosebumps on that one. <laughs> and you're still in the location when you play it back. Yes, you're right there. Yeah, and I, I, I that would have been a Scooby Doo of... run away. That yeah. would have been a shaggy <laughs> run out of there. You saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and that was like it, those people were my ride, so I couldn't like just be like, I'm You'd out. Like, you know? Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then also. I also stopped doing them because I would come home like drained and like at six in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, well, I mean, holy crap. No, I was just going to say you've, you've had so many interesting experiences and such an interesting upbringing. Um, I want to say, I should say really quickly, sorry, before we, we segue, I should say I was part of the uh, central Pennsylvania paranormal research association. Sorry. I had to read it because it's long. Oh yeah. um, Heck yeah. yeah. (laughs) I didn't even, I, I, you know, I, like I said earlier, I grew up in Maryland, and yeah. uh, there's a lot of really great places in Maryland and Pennsylvania to yeah. to go in Virginia to ghost hunt. I mean, there's so the East Coast. The East Coast is is filled. Yeah, you know, all that all that yeah. history. Yeah. Well, before we say goodbye to you, tell us about this animated project. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it's called Lucky Brave Sunshine. Um, it's about a little space cowboy that goes on an adventure to save his dying civilization uh, by finding this mysterious space creature that will be the, the that will solve every, everything. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that before you know ruining anything in the movie. But it's kind of inspired by things that I grew up with. I love like you know cowboys. I grew up with Brave Star, Lucky Luke, uh, Lone Ranger, um, and also like taking all those things, mixing it in a pot. Like I love space. Uh, I'm I'm for colonizing Mars with Elon Musk, <laughs> um, and also things that terrified me. Stories that terrified me as a kid, like Moby Dick, you know, and things like that whale giant whale eating you and so 
I kind of mixed all that together and um, into this like little space adventure. And it's really a coming of age and it has paranormal elements in it. There, there are ghosts at one point that uh, I like, in a very Dickensian uh, Christmas story way, you know, just kind of give the warning signs for the character to basically choose door A or choose door B, you know. And for me, moving from Ecuador to the States, it's almost like I feel like a lot of the stories I write is like a repeating, it's like a ghost, it's like a repeating cycle. Like, because I don't want to say it was traumatic, but it's it stuck with me because I had to grow up very quickly. I had to support, I was the older brother. I had to support my, my mom and my family. So that, that, that always goes back and I, and I sugar it with all the other stuff that paranormal and things that I like. So, yeah. Well, so uh, what, at what stage of creation is this? Is this a, a script? Is it illustrated it's, it's, or? Um, sorry. It's, um, it's, it's in pre-production right now. It's actually getting animated. So I, oh, amazing. it's, it, oh, it's, great. it's it's boarded, animatics, all that stuff. Yeah, I just got a test of the character movement the other day, which again was kind of like seeing my my first toy and you see my oh, character. Of course. So yeah, it's it's been absolutely uh, amazing, and I'm animating it with a studio in Ecuador. So I'm going back to my to my oh, roots. Awesome! And, Very cool. Uh, yeah. Well, so where can people follow you and find your art and kind of track this project and all your other work? So the easy thing with me and my name is everything Chogren on social media. So Instagram, everything Chogren. Uh, Lucky, my film, you can go to luckybrave.com or uh, look for the Lucky Brave hashtag on Instagram. We will dedicate an Instagram page to it once we're supposed to be done with it by this Christmas and then in festivals next year. So hopefully I'll be able to share with you guys and maybe we can do a follow-up or something. Heck yeah, that'd be fantastic. And I hope to collab with you on something again soon too. Oh, yeah. I just followed awesome. you on Instagram. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you. I just looked. Yeah. I was like, oh, here he is. Great. Then I, 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 I'm not going to deny it. I've been a fan since your Nerdist days. So. Ah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, thank and you, you um, so much. He's not yeah. been a fan of yours, though, Andrew. I know. <laughs> I thank him for being a fan of Jess. <laughs> I, I said I was a fan of you in the beginning. I guess I'm, com- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm bookending it. <laughs> um, and also, before I go, you can find my... Uh, Guru del Toro toy at Unruly oh, yes. Industries through Sideshow, yeah. So, oh, wait, say, say that, that one more time. time. <laughs> Unruly Industries. Uh, th- uh, so it's uh, a branch of Sideshow Collectibles. Okay, perfect. So, and we'll link to this stuff too when, yeah. we, when we post the uh, episode. Well, thank you so much, Shogren. Thank you for stopping by and thank telling you. us your story. And uh, I look yeah. forward to your future art and look forward to working together again. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. No problem. Thanks. Bye. 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 Uh, Bowser, good grab on guest today. Yeah, he's very impressed. Super, super great. Um, Excellent, excellent stories as well as fantastic artwork. I know. His stuff is fantastic. You got to check it out and yeah, get him to make some hoodies for you or sweatshirts yeah. or whatever. Well, we should ask him if he wants to do Untold Hour stuff Ooh, for Untold that's a good idea. Yes. I don't know Actually, why I didn't even bring that up on the call. On this why? Yeah. yeah. Well, we shit. That actually, we should do that. Okay. We well, we're going to do that. Uh, but I highly recommend for you guys to also check him out. Um, we will be posting all of his socials and everything that you can find him at over on our Facebook group as well as the books he recommended to us, because he had a bunch that he talked to us about actually off camera as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be adding that to our Goodreads list, which, by the way, we have an untold hour Goodreads uh, 
group, I guess is what you would call it. I'm like, Goodreads book group? Yeah, of course. It's Goodreads. Of course it's a book group. I didn't know if that was like double downing on the same, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, With that being said, yeah, hat on a hat. With that being said, you can find us, aside from Goodreads, over on Instagram at The Untold Hour. Uh, You can also email us your listener stories. We didn't do any today since we had kind of a long episode. But if you want to send us your listener stories, you can send them to theuntoldhourpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us over on Twitter at untoldhourpod on Twitter. And like I said before, we do have a Facebook group. I keep requesting Facebook to change our like URL handle from Bizarre States to Untold Hour. And I've put it in multiple times. And for some reason, they're just ignoring me. Hmm. But if you search Untold Hour podcast group, it should come up. You want the group. You don't want the Facebook main page that has been uh, canceled until further notice. So uh, if you do end up there, go ahead and hit the link. It should take you to the group. But yes, search for Untold Hour Podcast Group. That's where everybody hangs out, posts their stuff. I've been a much better at uh, uh, posting everybody's things and and like letting it be kind of as organic as possible um, because I can't figure out how to unlock it. <laughs> yeah. So I've been better at going on there and like accepting everything. So there you have it. Come join us. Come play. Uh, people are posting actually some really funny stuff and some Come very interesting stuff. Yeah, there's been a lot of there's been a big uptick in um, his, historical weirdness lately, like things lost in time that are bubbling up to the surface because you know because of uh, like water drying up, and so now the shores are getting. larger and more shallow and Mm -hmm. you can like things are starting to come to the surface it's just i don't know if it's this week in particular but it just seems like a lot of old lost historical stuff is kind of like in the in the atmosphere yeah which i personally that's my favorite so it was uh it's been fun reading that stuff but that was it that's all i got so that's what you can do did uh you want to sign us off yeah here we go you have been listening to jessica chillbot and andrew bowser Fuck me. I always do it the wrong way. Hold on. Take it again. That sounded right. I know. You know, it's, it, I started it wrong. This has been Jessica Chobot and Andrew Bowser, and you've been listening to The Untold Hour. Bye. Bye. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.